Praise the Lord. Amen. Before I go on, I hate cancel on Wednesday nights. But there is, when we all come together and we work together, it makes such a, a, a unison of us. And the church looks a whole lot better at the end. We only do it every quarterly. Brother Mike Wood mentioned about singing Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Um, I, was, I was speaking in the uh, uh, county jail, um, and these, some of these were pretty hardened criminals that was there. And uh, there were some of them were murderers, thieves, robbers, etc. And I spoke to them, and at the end, I just felt like singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And uh, I just started singing it. And them men broke down and was bawling. I mean, these men that held a gun on someone and robbed them, these men that would go in and take in the house something that was not theirs, these men that would force women to do things that they didn't want to do, they were standing there crying, singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Praise God. And uh, I thought, you know, thank God for our Sunday schools. I don't know if you're a product of Sunday school, but I was a product of Sunday school. My, uh, my mother used to take us to Sunday school, and uh, I was a product of Sunday school. And so uh, it's just we got to get it into our kids. Amen. And uh, praise God. And I thank God for those that work with the children. And I understand when they can't. And, uh, but that's fine. God knows what he's doing. Uh, God only requires us to do what we can do. Can you say amen to that? And so it's good. But um, if, you, if, you, if you can stand today, stand with me today. Praise God. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a little bit. And it's so good to have everybody here that's here today. Amen. And then we're missing so many. But that's where the church really kicks in. It's not where we um, have um, a, a church full of people. It's when so many are out sick or afflicted or struggling. We also need to pray for Sister um, Brother Jason and Sister Jessica Corsi's dog is really in bad shape. And, uh, and so, um, I mean, you, you can really get attached to a dog. They're almost like one of your um, kids. Praise the Lord. I almost hate to say that, but, uh, you know, um, but pray for her. She is with the dog. It probably, it may not make it. And so pray for her and pray for him, the dog, whichever it is, him or her. Praise God. And, uh, but pray for them. But when you have a church and so many people missing, we have to pray. Um, I'm going to say it one more time. It's good to have uh, Sister Brandy back. Praise the Lord. And, uh, for those of you that don't know, Sister Brandy and her family was on the ch- way to church one Wednesday night when they lost their brakes at the top of the hill. And by the time they were down at the bottom, um, they had uh, they were in a horrible crash. And uh, it, it was really not good. And uh, all of them came out, amen, and they're alive. And uh, we're grateful for that. Yeah. Praise God. And so I'm going to read to you from Genesis chapter 25 and verse 27. It talks about Esau and Jacob. It says, And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. 
And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sold pollage. Jacob sawed pollage. And Esau came from the field and was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, of the same red pollage. For I am faint. Therefore was his name Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. When Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage and lentils, he did eat and drank and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Lord, I love you and praise you. God, I'm asking you to touch, Lord, and to move and to be with me. God, and I'm going to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. There are three men that dominated the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The men, that, the two boys we're going to be talking about today, their grandfather was Abraham. God moved upon Abraham and asked Abraham to leave his country of Ur and to go out. God was using Abraham as a way to make a lintage for the Savior, Christ Savior, Jesus Christ. All of the Bible is wrapped around Christ and Calvary. All the Bible is wrapped around Jesus and his birth. And for him to come and to be able to die to save man from all their sins. And so he wanted, he, he wanted a, uh, a, 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 a line of people that he could use. And so he started out with Abraham. To give you a little background, Abraham was 100 years old when he did not have any children. And so Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was just a little bit behind. And so there's a song that we used to sing. Abraham was going on 90 and 9. And Sarah, bless her heart, wasn't very far behind when God stepped in to visit in the heat of the day and said, pretty soon there'll be a baby coming your way. Abraham laughed and said, ha! Or no, Sarah laughed and said, ha! I can't believe that it's true. Me with a child with an old man like you. It's a, it's, a, it's a something for the lesson and a hope for you. Remember we used to sing that, amen. But, but yeah, and so Abraham was 100 years old, and that's when he had a child. The Bible tells us that Sarah died at approximately 127 years old. So she saw Isaac, or uh, Abraham, or she saw, I, yeah, she saw Isaac, amen, up until he was about 27 years old. I don't know if you realize it. But the Bible says that Abraham lived about 38 more years. And Abraham had six more sons. To, uh, it calls it his concubine. But understanding the way that Sarah felt about Hagar, I'm sure she did not allow him to have another concubine. And so it was probably after Sarah's death. But uh, Kitar was his concubine. Katar, uh, Katar was his concubine, Keturah, I'm sorry, Keturah, was his concubine, praise God. And she had, Abraham had six more sons. Now remember, God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless thy seed. 
That's what got him into trouble because when him and Sarah tried to ultimate what God was doing and pulled upon Hagar and had child with Hagar, uh, that uh, was not God's plan. And so God didn't really bless that plan, but God allowed it to uh, be blessed in a way. Uh, it was not his ultimate plan, but God, because God told Abraham his seed would be a great nation, it had to become a great nation. This is just a good example of things that we need to learn in life. And that is sometimes when we get in and we try to do for God what he's trying to do, and we try to take over and take control, it can come back to bite us because it came back to bite Abraham and especially Sarah. If you read in the scriptures, you'll find that Sarah was tremendously uh, 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 upset with Hagar and it was a thorn in her flesh. And even more than that, Ishmael, her son, was a thorn in Isaac's flesh. So, uh, you know, when you get in there, but they did. But Abraham had six more sons. And some of those sons became the Midianites and the things that we see. They all became great nations of some type. But upon Abraham's death, uh, Isaac received most, most of the inheritance. In those days when Abraham, when a man would die uh, or was going to die, he would give his inheritance uh, to his oldest son. And so he gave Isaac uh, the majority of his inheritance. Now, the Bible tells us that he gave gifts to all the rest of his children. And so um, he gave them the gifts. But Isaac received most of the blessings. And so Hagar and, uh, and the rest of the concubines received the gifts. And he sent them the way. And, and the Bible says that they became like nomads, which nomads is... They traveled. They never really had a city. It was just tents and traveling, much like the Indians did. So Isaac met Rebekah, and Isaac was with, was with Rebekah for 19 years. And in those 19 years, Rebekah never had children. And so Isaac went to the Lord, and he asked the Lord, he prayed for his wife to have children. And the Bible tells us that the Lord said, okay, and he granted Isaac his petition. And Isaac and Rebekah started to have children. However, when she conceived, praise God, and I really can teach a long time on this because I got two sets of twins in my grandkids. And I can tell you they are different cats. Praise God. I got two sets of grandkids. And um, so, and they're different cats. I knew they were different cats. And so when Caleb knew he was going to have grandkids, uh, two, he called and talked to George Richard about it because they're different cats. But she was going to have a set of, a, a set of twins. But she was, uh, con she, you know, she knew, she was convinced in her heart that something was wrong. Something's wrong. This isn't right. I mean, mothers are really good for that. Uh, she experienced a lot of turmoil in her belly. They were fighting from the time they were being uh, built. How do you like that conception? And so, hey, man, they were, by the time they been were in process, there was a fight going on inside, and she understood that. So she goes to the Lord, praise God, and the Lord tells her, and this is amazing about Rebecca. I want to tell you something. Women have a relationship with God also. 
I know of some women that have a better relationship and more in tune with God than their husbands. But Rebecca had such a relationship with God, she did not have to go through her husband. She went directly to God. Praise God. And she went to God and she said to the Lord, she said, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord told her, even before the children were born, he prophesied unto her. He said, first of all, that she is the mother of a set of twins with very different outlook. Second of all, the two shall develop into two separate nations. Praise the Lord. And then third of all, one nation shall be stronger than the other. And then the fourth one was that the elder was going to serve the younger, which is a total difference than what generally should be. Abraham picked his, uh, and actually it wasn't his eldest son, but Abraham picked his eldest son to his wife. And that was, it was the firstborn, it was the firstborn that come out. We can look at this and we can learn something. We can learn, amen, that positions in life isn't the end of the thing. It's not the end. You may say, well, I'm not in the position of a king, or I'm not in position of a, uh, of a president, or I'm not in position of this, or I'm not, you know, my position is not that. It just amazes me how we have... We have kings, and then we have servants. What makes a king a king and a servant a servant? Other than we all believe that. What makes our dollar bill worth anything? Only the fact that everybody believes that. Our dollar bill's worth something. Praise God. What makes Jacob less than Esau? Just the fact that everybody believes that. That's what everybody thinks. That's what everybody wonders about. Praise God. And so, God told her, he said, the elder is going to serve the younger. Esau, amen, offspring would end up becoming the Edomites. Jacob's offspring would become the Israelites. Who but God knew their future. She professed what they were going to be. She didn't, I don't know if she knows that they were going to be Edomites, but or called Israelites, but she said, he's going to be a great nation. He's going to be a great nation. Praise God. Who but God would have known that and been able to tell him that? So for the first 15 years, these boys were raised in a home of Isaac. They were raised understanding the things of God and the presence of God and the Spirit of God. These boys, for the first 15 years of their lives... They had godly influence. You know, the Bible doesn't say much about Isaac in the Bible. But we know that he held godly principles. Isaac didn't have a lot of activities. Isaac was just Isaac. But we know that he was a godly man and he had a lot of godly activities. Amen. And at the end of Isaac's life, he was to give his blessing or birthright to the eldest son, Esau. Amen. And so we know that that's the proper way to do. That's the thing that happens. You know, like I said before, in life, we say, well, this is the way it should go. This is the way it should happen. 
I shouldn't get the blessing. They should get the blessing. I'm a servant, so I shouldn't have a relationship with God. But the king is the king, and he ought to have... No, that doesn't matter anything to God. You see, there are a lot of traditions that we have to look through. When the woman that came to Jesus, and Jesus said unto her, it's not fit to get the bread unto the dogs. That's not the way God felt. That's the way the Jew felt. And he wanted to make sure that she was willing to get past the way that the Jew felt to get to God. We have to get past traditions and everything else to get to God. It was a tradition that Abraham gave his his majority of everything and passed it on because of the lintage that Christ was going to come. It was the tradition that Abraham gave it to Isaac. It was the tradition that Isaac gave it to Esau. But that tradition was not going to happen. Praise God. God's got a way and God's going to do it. We got to remember, it doesn't always happen according to tradition. We have traditions in the way that we come to church and the traditions in the way that we go to service and the traditions in the way that we, we do things. Praise God. But on the other hand, amen, God doesn't always work through the same tradition. And so this was going to change. Because you see, there were four things that came from a blessing and a birthright. First of all, it was superior rank. He was the one that was in control. If there's anything going on in the family, it always came to the firstborn. It was his responsibility. It was his responsibility to overlook his parents' care and their, make sure their welfare. It was always his responsibility to make sure everybody in the family be good. <laughs> it was always his responsibility. He had superior rank, Genesis 49 and 3. He also got a double portion of everything of the wealth, Deuteronomy 21 and 17. And it was because he was to make sure that things were to continue go on. He was also of the priestly office, uh, Numbers 8 and 14 through 15. And then Hebrews even tells us that he had a covenant blessing. There was a special blessing upon the firstborn. You see, these privileges was to be the most important thing to him. He was to care for it more than anything. When Abraham gave it to Isaac, he was to care for it. He was to protect it with his life. First of all, he was to protect the things of God. Second of all, he was to protect and just do right. Do you realize that God's real purpose in life is that we might have life and have it more abundantly? God wants you to have a great life. He wants me to have a great life. The Ten Commandments ain't given to us because God just wants to have a bunch of do's and don'ts. They're given to us because they are the proper way and the best way to do things. Praise God. And so the man that lives like that and walks like that and the woman that lives like that and walks like that, that's what the covenant was about. That was to make sure that that firstborn carried on because there's a lineage. You know what? I just thought of something. Since Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, we're all trying to get out of this mess we're in. Sin. Everything that's happening. 
And the reason that Christ came and died was to save us from that sin. That ought to be our priority. That should be their priority. You see, so that blessing and that birthright was supposed to be even more important to them than death. Your relationship with God ought to be more important to you even more than death. Praise God. But you see, the blessings of this world was in the same package with their desire for God. People want the blessings of this world, but they don't want the relationship with God. But the problem is, the Bible says, Amen, seek me with all your heart, and I'll be found of you. Praise God. But if you put God first, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So, amen, when you love God and live for God and walk with God, amen, he will bless you. He will bless you. It was a packaged deal. The problem with Esau is he could not see just, he wanted the blessings in this life. It's amazing to me the amount of people that will call me and say, I want you to pray that God blesses me. I'm playing the lotto. And I'm like, I'm not sure I could do much about that, but I can tell you how to miss hell. (laughs) Praise God. We want the blessings that God's got for us on this earth, but we don't want the relationship with God it takes to get that. Esau did not care for a relationship with God. He had no character whatsoever that cared about the things of God. Praise God, because these privileges should have been more important to him than life itself. The blessings of this world are part of the package. Esau, although he was born into the place that he should carry on the lineage and the promise of the Messiah, his heart wasn't in it. I'm going to tell you something. People were born, people were lived. I've had 30 years of working with people, both in the business and in life. And I have found that we all have our characters. And we all struggle with our characters. And we all, ready for this? We all have our situations where we have to fight through to make God first in our lives. Praise God. Somebody can call me that says, you know what? I, you know, somebody can say, you know what? I, I believe that. You know, that this person needs to put God first because of this. But then someone else will say, but that same person may say to me, I'm not going to put God first because of that. We all have our situations. In the lineage of Esau, he did not care for the things of God. He did not put God first. Praise God. Jacob, although he was not born into place, to carry on because of his lintage, but it was in his heart. So the, 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 the point that we can get out of this is, it's not where you are, it's what's in your heart. Praise God. It's what's in your heart. It's what you want to go after. There are people, you know, I mean... In our church here, there is a lot of my family. 
but my but the church is not my family. There was a time when my mother and I and my two sisters was the only one that came and sat on the church pew. There were two different families. The Porter's on one side, the Williams's on the other, and it all depended on which one we were mad at, which side we sat on. I'm totally kidding you. <laughs> but it was the Porter's or the Williams. And as a child, I thought I wasn't born to a preacher's dad. I wasn't born to a minister. But I loved God and I wanted to live for him. And I, I love doing what I do. And so, praise God, here we are today. You know, it's amazing to me. I look at little boys running around and saying, hmm, one of these days you may be my boss. Think about it. Praise God. I look at some of these little boys running around. I pick out the worst one and I say, he'll probably end up being the preacher here. Someday. You know, you just, it's what's in the heart. If you got it in your heart, you might say, well, you know, my background, where I'm at, my attitude. You know, I love it. Years and years ago, you'll never know who I... I had one little lady in the church. I mean to tell you, she was off 90% of the time. But I loved her so much because she was so easy to get back in line. <laughs> She'd all, I could always get her back in line. Praise God. I had people that were on 90% of the time, but when they were off 10% of the time, man, you could never get them back online. It's not where you're at. It's where your heart, I want. So if you want something for God, there is nobody that God looks at everybody the same. Nobody has. Amen. And it, but Jacob probably felt like that. I'm not in line for the firstborn. It doesn't come to me, but I want it. Praise God. Amen. You see, Esau's, which was... Esau was loved by Jacob, and the Bible tells us it's because he loved his meat. He loved his food. Praise God. And so Esau loved his, or Isaac loved his son Esau. I want to say something about that. We can get so wrapped up in this world that we start accepting people that do things they shouldn't do basically because we love them. Or we really like them. That's a better word. If you love them, you'll do what's best for them. But think of the people in your life. You accept things they do because you like them. And then there are people that you don't care for or don't like, and you judge them differently. Isaac cared more for Esau. And he was blinded by the set of glasses for his care for Esau, even to the point that he would have tried to press his blessings upon Esau. No one, no one. It was his wife that was in touch with God. It was his wife that told her husband, look, God told me the younger is going to, or the older is going to serve the younger. But because of Isaac's, sometimes I have to back up and say, I need to get rid of all this stuff before I judge this situation. Because 
what I like and what I don't like. And, and how I can be accepted, how I accept people because I like them or because they do something for me or because they're friendlies. Beware. The people that come up and try to get your favor are probably the people that's wanting to pull something over on you. But Isaac was blinded by his like for Esau, even to the point that he did not, was not going to do the right thing. Praise God. Amen. Esau loved him, but Rebekah loved Jacob due to her love for the things of God. You know, when the, when the servant came down and he saw Rebekah, and Rebekah gave him the water from the well, and then she fed her camels, and then she fed everything that he had, and then she went home, and then she, she learned that Isaac was in the, not, she didn't understand he was in the lineage of Christ, but she understood this was a good, godly family. You know, the Bible says that people shouldn't be unequally, unequally yoked. And one of my sons said to me one day, says, I think you just want me to marry somebody in the church. I said, no, there's some people in the church I don't want you to marry. Because characters mean a lot. There are people that care about the things of God, and there's people that's not. And when you get a, a, a husband or a wife, that, or a man or a woman that cares about the things of God, and you get one that does not, it is not a good match. And so you got to be equally yoked. When Isaac went down and he saw or had his servant, his father, Abraham, sent a servant down. And the servant saw that. The servant looked at her. And he knew that she was the one but it had to be her determination because her family said, leave her here for a few more days. And she was willing to leave her family and all she knew because she knew that God wanted her back there. Of course, that was her blessing. Sometimes we have to sacrifice something for God to take us into the next phase. And so when she left there, it told us that she cared for the things of God. She cared to put God first. And so she put God first. So all her life of raising those children, she cared, and she cared more for Jacob because Jacob longed for the things of God and they were compatible. Praise God. The time came. The porridge. What porridge is, it is a pulse or a bean stewed with oil or garlic. I wanted to tell you the Italians wasn't the first one to, to like the garlic. Till it dissolve into a mesh of red, reddish color. Praise God. So let me read to you what happened. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, the same red 
porridge. For I'm faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Obviously, he did this in front of a crowd because it caused them to call Esau from that point on Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. He saw it. He wanted it. He knew in his heart. You know, that's an amazing thing about people. People basically, and down deep in their heart, they know. They know the will of God. They know what they should be doing. They know where they should be going. They know what they should be doing. Jacob knew that the birthright was his. He probably heard his mother say, this is the prophecy. He knew it. He longed for it. And so he waited. He waited and waited and waited. And he said unto her, or said unto him, he said, sell me thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do me? And so Jacob said to the rest of them and him, he said, swear to me this day. In other words, I'm going to get it in writing. And he swore unto him, and he sold him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Praise the Lord. I'm sure he was faint. I'm sure he was tired. I'm sure if he could even talk, he could wait just a little longer. But you see, it didn't matter. It wasn't important to him. I don't care about the things of God. I don't care about what God wants to do through our lineage. I don't care about any of that. Praise God. And so he sold his birthright. And so since he sold his birthright, you can't have half. His blessing went with it. So one half of everything that Isaac had was to go to him. That is where he really got upset over. Praise God. You see, there's a thing called the right goal in the wrong way. We can do the right thing. We can want the right thing, but we can do it in the wrong way. God had a plan for Jacob to get his birthright. Jacob took it his own way. You know, back in a a town in Tyler, Texas, um, there was a situation where somebody walked up to me and said, I don't like the fact that you're not being used. And I simply turned to them and I said, it is not them that uses me. It's God that uses me. And I said, when God is ready to use me, he'll use me. You know, Brother Cole told me one time, he, he turned around to me on a, a pulpit and he turned around and he said, I want to tell you something. He said, if you force your ministry, you will get the blessing. But if you let God do your ministry, he will get the blessing. And so the problem with Jacob was he didn't wait on God. Praise the Lord. And he paid for it. God does not need help in fulfilling his will. He will do his will when it's ready. Jacob's life now he would have to deal. He opened the door to deceitfulness. And y'all know the story of what his father-in-law did to him. He had 20 more years, or 14 actually more years, and then the other years of the deceitfulness. Remember, 
Amen. Woke up in the morning and he had his supposedly his wife's sister. Praise God. And the deceitfulness of tricking him over and over and over and over again. See, we get upset with the things that God sends our way, but we don't understand that the reason they come our way is because we open the door for them to come our way. I promise you, God has put our lives in our own hands. Judge not, lest you be judged. Praise God. All those things. Whatever, do unto others what you'd have them do unto you, because it is going to be due to you. So God puts, so Jacob opened that door of deceitfulness. So let me tell you why God, why men today and why Jacob, they sell their birthrights. First of all, it's impatience. They don't wait on God. If Esau would have been patient, he would have been able to eat later and not sell his birthright, but he wasn't waiting on God. You see, you say, how do I know what is God? God's way is always the right way, not the wrong way. It would have been wrong. You know, when Satan said to Jesus, why don't you make these stones bread? What's the problem with that? It was the wrong way. It's not the way God works. Praise God. And so it was the wrong way. Amen. And so, amen. Not only that, it was the wrong way to solve a problem. Second of all, his love of pleasure. He got so wrapped up in the world. We are so prosperous in the last years. You know, it's amazing. There were days when we lived without the cell phone. We didn't have a cell phone. A phone was the thing you picked up off the wall or off the desk. I'm telling you, people could not live today without their cell phones. Praise the Lord. They're so wrapped up in there. So let me say this. We lived in a day when there was not prosperity like it is. I promise you, when things get bad, people will not be able to live without their prosperity living. They won't be able to do it. Praise God. But prosperity has taken the love of God out of so many hearts, even in the church. We're so wrapped up with the things of this world that we don't come to church like we should. We don't pray like we should. We don't walk with God. Prosperity can make us turn in our birthright. Praise God. We can't see heaven for earth. You know, when the rapture takes place, I wonder how many Christians, because the Bible says, let me say this first, because the Bible says it's in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. So living for God ought to be the first thing on your heart. Because when the rapture takes place, if you have a second that you say, I'm not ready to go yet, you're not going to go. Because it's a moment of a twinkling of an eye. Boom. It's your first response. It's the first thing that you do. Amen. 
We've got to be careful as Christians that we don't, we sing that song, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Problem is, as we're walking through, we don't have our eyes on our goals. Praise God. You see, his eyes, Esau's eyes, was not on the things of God. He didn't care for the things of God. He just came in from hunting. He just had a hunting man's life, and et cetera, et cetera. I got to tell you this. When I was in Bible college, I loved to hunt. But when I was in Bible college, we had a young man there. We did different things. He tried to convince me that all hunters were vain people because Esau was vain. I don't think so. That's not true. Amen. Praise God. And I told you that so that you, you, you can just debunk those thoughts. Praise the Lord. But Esau was a vain person. And he did not care for the things of God. He was so wrapped up in everything else. What is my birthright? His attitude was, what is my birthright? You never hear him hollering, I can't give that up. Uh, let me think about it. Wait a minute. No, his and we have to be careful because God, because Satan will carry us out slowly by slowly by slowly. You know, I tell everyone, I said, you know, when I was living for the Lord and single, there were obstacles in the church that I had to get through. People, attitudes, everything else. When I got married, there was different obstacles. Obstacles against my wife, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I had kids, then there was different obstacles, obstacles that I had to get through. And then when I had grandkids, there was a lot of obstacles that I had to get through. Don't touch my grandkids. Y'all know I'm kidding. But the thing of it is, we got to remember to keep God first. And his carelessness. Third of all, his carelessness. He was careless. We have to be careful that we're not careless with the things of God. Do you know if you struggle loving someone, start spending time with them and love them. You will end up loving them. Praise God. If you, whatever your case is, whatever the situation is, Amen. Wherever you put your time in is where you're going to get your relationships with. Just think about the job that you're on. You care a lot for your job. Why? Because you've spent a time on that job. Think about the people in your life. You care about them now because you... I have to tell you a story. A young man comes in and he sits down on the park bench beside an old man. And he says to the old man... He said, what time is it? The old man said, no. The young man looks over, he sees he's got a watch, and it bothers him. And so he says to the old man, he said, you don't know what time it is? No. And the young man looks over, and he says, you got a watch? Yeah. And you don't know what time it is? No. And so after a little while, he got really kind of concerned about it. And he said, you've got a watch on, and you're telling me you don't know what time it is. The old man looked over at him and he said, I want to tell you something, young man. He said, first of all, you would ask me the time. He said, I might get to get a conversation with you. He said, and then I may end up spending some time with you. He said, I'll start to like you. I may take you home. 
He said, I've got a daughter your age, and she's single. And you'll meet my daughter, and you may like her. She may like you. And you two might get together. And there might be something that comes out of this, and I'll be danged if I will allow my daughter to marry somebody that can't have a watch. We have to be careful because we get wrapped up with things that will carry us away from God. A turns to B, B turns to C, C turns to D. And before you know it, we're in an area that we should not be. Praise God. And then fourth but last, and I'm going to end up, our priorities are in the wrong place. Esau's priorities was in the wrong place. People may struggle with living for God, and we all have our struggles. We all got our things that can carry us away from him. But Esau, amen, his priorities were in the wrong place. As long as our priorities is in the right place, as long as when the house of God is open, we are there. As long as when it's time to pray, we're there. As long as when right and wrong comes up, we do it. It's not a question. You know, in my house, it was never a question whether you went to church or not. When the church doors were open, that's where you went. There were situations that was out of our control that caused us not to be able to go. But when they were in our control, we went. And we taught others that we are in church on Wednesday nights. We are in church on Sunday mornings. We are in church on Sunday nights. So if you want to build, and you know what that told them? That told them that God is the most important thing. That's the best thing that you could do, to tell them that God is the most important thing. Praise the Lord. You could tell them with your lips, but if you don't tell them with your actions, his priority, Esau's priority should have been no, that's the wrong thing. He may not have felt like it. He may not have, you know, it might not have been the best thing for him. But that's, God gave us a mind. You know, God, you have two things. You've got emotions and you've got logic. If you live according to emotions, it's going to be a rough life. It's going to be some rough sailing. But if you live according to logic, I may not feel like going to church tonight. I may not want to hurt somebody's feelings. I may not, but it is right to be in the house of the Lord. I may not feel like giving that person the right attitude. But it is the right thing to do. I may not feel like going to work, but it's the right thing to do. I may not feel like telling the truth. But it's the right thing to do. Praise God. And if Esau's priority would be, I feel like I'm faint, I'm about to die, but it would be totally wrong for me to give you my birthright. He probably wouldn't have kept it. God would have made sure Jacob got it. Or if he would have had that attitude, then prophecy would have been different. Praise God. He would have received the birthright. He would have received the blessing. But because you see, and, and this is good. I'm going to end on this. 
Esau was because what Esau was. It wasn't anything about his surroundings. It wasn't, you know, the Lord said, Jacob I've loved and Esau I've hated. Now, the word hated means loved less. God doesn't hate anybody because the Bible says God so loved the world, okay? So it means he loved less. But the reason that God deals with you the way God deals with you is because of you. It doesn't have to do with where you were born, where you were raised, your background, your history, anything else. It is where your heart is with God. It's not your past. Take off your rearview mirrors. You don't need them anymore. Praise God. It's what you do with God. Let's all stand. Praise God. Birthright for sale. Pretty good price. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. God, I thank you, Lord, for your presence and your spirit. Touch, Lord, and to move and to be with us. Let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. Bring us back at your appointed time. And, God, I'm going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everybody say amen?